Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of VR Gamers Podcast. I'm here with Gwyn and Brian. Gwyn, Brian, say hello to the to the listeners. What's up, What's up listeners? How you guys been? What's been going on with you? Jeez, I got uh, <laughs> I got I've been real busy, but uh, not playing a whole lot of PlayStation games. I, I did get a few new uh, computer games to play in vr and and i i actually my mom and dad just came to visit and i put the them in the uh in my vive and i set up uh the audio not the audio boxing the other one audio shield and they both really liked it so i think they're gonna buy a vr set next month just for the exercise stuff which i thought was pretty cool and and i i I put them both in the uh, Ghost Town Mine Ride, and, and they both were able to play it without getting nauseous, which is uh, a big thumbs up to the people who made Ghost Town Mine Ride. But were they skiered? Uh, well, my dad is not someone who gets too frightened, but my mom was like, I'm, I'm only going to do the shooting part. As soon as you have to get out, I'm not playing it anymore. <laughs> she was scared watching the, the social screen while my dad played. Well, you know, the, the part where, uh, where you're in the elevator and that scared the sh- out of me i i was that's the i am almost never scared by things but i i went to yank off my headset at that point i was like yikes <laughs> i don't want anything to do with this um yeah. yeah that's that's interesting it's always fun to to put uh outsiders into the vr equipment and see how they how they react and how they respond um what have you been up to uh what have you been up to uh gwen uh yeah that makes me think something um uh brian that you just mentioned I, i'm wondering when the the first real fitness uh app start coming out for for vr because i've always thought i remember the the first time i thought of it, i was playing onward which i probably put the most time in of any of these games but i was playing onward and i was sitting in a lobby and i heard somebody huffing and puffing and he was dead and i sort of knew this guy as a swiss guy and uh i was like are you doing push-ups right now he's like yep <laughs> that, that gave me the idea i was like I bet you you could have like some training coach where like, you know, spin class, for example, would be super simple where everybody's on the same, you know, exercise machine. Everybody's trying to like meet some goal or whatever. But at some point, I bet you there is a, a, a bit of a fitness app um, category. But well, so well, what would have there was what a been uh, up to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was at the VR Austin. Uh, the VR Austin meetup was last night for the month. And I went out to that and they were they were showing off a um, uh, a dance training app. But it wasn't uh, it wasn't using uh, what we think of as just a traditional Vive or Oculus. There were a lot of other implement there were a lot of other implement- implementations that were built into it. So the dancers had uh, stuff strapped. They, they didn't look like standard Vive trackers, but they had stuff strapped to their ankles and to their to their hands and something oh. around their neck. So oh. it looked like way too busy of a uh, setup for for me to actually be interested in. Um, mm-hmm. But and, and it took forever to, to set up for each of the individuals that was trying it, so I didn't try it. But it was uh, like a full a full fledged like dance training app. Like you were you were you could see yourself dancing with the others. But I don't know. I mean, that's the kind of thing that they could do with just cameras. Uh, you don't really right. need um, that that high level of tracking. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. Right. I mean, I, mean, I don't I know. I've seen some Xbox already. Yeah, exactly. I had that I've Black Eyed some... Peas game. Yeah, I yeah, don't know I've how on some... the money that stuff was though. Uh, it was pretty good. I, I I've have. seen some proof of concept of people doing some homebrew stuff with Connect, um, yeah. the Sony thing, and uh, I think there is a future in that. What, it remains to be seen, like how we ultimately start mapping our bodies, whether it's with cameras or with actual trackers and things like that. But I would imagine in the next year, two years, you're going to start seeing 
um, more exercise things, you know, like, can you remember, can you uh, imagine like a P90X app that ha actually has a trainer there for you? Well, actually, they, they, they do have that. And it's, uh, I'm going to do a self-edit. It's not a Sony thing. It's a Microsoft thing. Connect is Microsoft. Oh, and yeah. uh, Microsoft, the Xbox One shipped uh, initially with a Connect in every box and uh, a set of workout uh, workout apps that mm. were free that you could you could do and and all, actually the Dance Central app was free as well you just had to buy the songs so you you got the app free and then like it was a dollar ninety nine if you wanted to do uh, I got a feeling or whatever other Black Eyed Peas <laughs> song Brian is obviously really into I got um, the whole game <laughs> on my Xbox three sixty <laughs> uh, so they they were going in a good direction with that stuff but the thing is the core gamers hate the Connect so. Um, people uh, didn't want to pay an extra hundred bucks or whatever Microsoft was charging. So as soon as they offered an Xbox One without it, um, n nobody bought the one that had the Connect. And so because of that, they make no more Connect games, which is kind can of a bummer. Calling, can we stop calling them cord gamers and start calling them dinosaurs? <laughs> they use well, a term. Yeah. They use a term on one of the other uh, on one of the other podcasts I listen to where they call. Um, a non-VR gaming pancake gaming, and I hate the term. So I, I would love it if you guys like came it. up with a different term because uh, right. pan pancake gaming just, I was like, ugh, no, thank you. I'll think of it. But anyway, you, you asked me, like, what, what have I been up to? So I've been away uh, quite a bit in the last uh, week and a half or so. I was at a, a, a long, very long wedding, uh, remote wedding. Um, but one of the, the groom actually had, well, he was a, a drone or a quadcopter enthusiast. And he had some top tech uh, out on display. He was using it to actually record his his, um, his wedding and things like that. And he, while he didn't have it operating, he had he told me about this a VR set that he's got um, that actually is displaying his drone's camera live. He's got two there's two cameras on the drone, and it displays a live feed into his VR set, and he is able to control the drone while looking at it as as if he was actually flying in the drone. That's and awesome. It, yeah, I mean, so I I was messing. So what I was playing with was a drone that had uh, essentially like a large an iPad that was the display, and so I was able to see a camera feed of it. Um, it went out. It went out. I think more than a mile. I I didn't dare take it out more than about you know three four hundred yards because uh, I didn't want to lose the the groom's uh, two thousand dollar drone uh, the night before his <laughs> wedding. <laughs> but um, it really started triggering a lot of thoughts in my mind. It's like, man, how cool would that be to just strap on an Oculus or a Vive and get involved, uh, you know, have, have a drone just flying around going miles away. And one thing we did do is we saw there was a we were on the coast of California down near San, San Luis Obispo. And Highway 1 is a that's a basically a two lane highway. Uh, so it can get blocked really quickly. And there was indeed an accident. And the first thing the groom said is, hey. Spark up the drone. Let's get it over there and see what's going on. And, and, sure enough, we got there. <laughs> and we got it down to probably within 30, 40 feet until we saw a firefighter like uh, wave us off and say, hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't get involved here. But um, we started coming up with all these different ideas. Like, what if we had voice? What if we could like shout through the drone? Um, if we had the, the VR set enabled, it would be a really amazing tool. But anyway, so you could be an actual that, drone hero rather than the drone hero game that we played last, <laughs> last episode. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you could just attach like a couple band-aids and uh, drop, <laughs> drop band-aids up on the accident victim and uh, yeah, heroes. That right sounds on. awesome. That's that's pretty cool. I, I like that. Um, yeah. So that's uh, so that's a bit of uh, that's a bit of VR news. We, there was some other interesting VR news that happened uh, over the last couple of weeks. 
Um, one thing that yeah. happened today, uh, Altspace VR announced that they are they are going down. So Altspace VR, if you haven't used them before, uh, they're a platform, a social media platform in VR that allowed for uh, music concerts and comedy concerts and talk shows and all that sort of thing. Uh, I've watched some of the stuff on there, including Reggie Watts, and it allowed for, for actual interaction between people at home that had their VR equipment and the, uh, and the performers, uh, so it seemed like an actual you know, social club atmosphere, that sort of thing. Uh, but apparently the number of users that they had uh, versus the amount of venture capital that they had was not, uh, uh, was not making things work. And apparently, uh, Brian informed me, they, they, there's also a lawsuit that's coming out over a patent issue where another individual uh, claims that they, they ha- that, that they violated his patents that, uh, that he filed some, some time ago about uh, social, social get-togethers in VR. Is that correct, Brian? Virtual Immersion Technologies, Virtual. LLC. And it, it, this is an old patent from like 2005 where they, uh, they had like the patent idea is you get a bunch of people together, put them on a headset, and then they can all go and, and watch a video or a live video, a recording or a live video of a performance. So, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I've not used AltSpace to get in and see anything. I just went in there and kind of just screwed around a little bit and saw that they had like a a cards against humanity that you could play with people. So I thought it was cool, but I was like, eh, it's free. I'll, it'll be around. I'll check it out some other day. Can I just, um, but it sounds like the I, wave kind of like how the wave is like your virtual rave every Wednesday night. So it kind of sounds like that. Like I didn't know they did that. Can I comment real quick that I just uh, Googled virtual immersion technology and the first 10, 10 results that come up in Google are all different lawsuits of them against other major major businesses like Boeing, NBC Universal Media, Jaguar, Land Rover, um, all kinds of different companies that they're suing. So they they may have just uh, registered a bunch of patents and then now they're going around picking up this picking up their uh, their legal rights uh, after after stuff came out with stuff. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know about virtual immersion yeah. tech. From, from, from what I read, this uh, patent was acquired uh, very recently. So it probably was somebody else using it for something real back then. I mean, someone I read on, on a line that they had like hardware that went along with it and everything. So I think they're just kind of trying to troll it up a little bit. Oh, stop. Hold on. Yeah, stop everything, guys. One of these articles is they sued live VR porn and cam companies last year. Uh, oh, no. I, I am not a fan of virtual immersion technologies, LLC. No, no. That's, they're they, going to they ruin can, it for everybody. Yes, no. If you're suing <laughs> VR... Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't we don't talk too much about VR porn on this uh, on this uh, podcast. We haven't talked about it at all, but that is a uh, that is a no-no. Stay, stay out of our, uh, of our VR porn yeah. there, virtual... Uh, so there was another really big story that came out that you wanted to talk about, wasn't there, Brian? Yes. Oh, so right. And, and this actually happened right after we finished our last show. And, and we were talking about the Oculus. And now the price has dropped down for the summer sale to three ninety nine if you get the touch controller set. And so I, of course, had to get that. And oh, so I have... <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. Um, I, I do have the Oculus. Uh, I have the touch controllers. In fact, I bought two boxes of touch controllers because I could not find the third sensor for the life of me. I got all the cables. I got everything ready to be installed in the PC. I, I haven't set it up yet, but I do have it. Um, my wife was not happy, and, and you know, we'll, 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 the, the fallout of all this Oculus touch sale is I, I have a large credit card bill now that I'll, yeah. that I'll pay. 
<laughs> well, I... so break it down for the listeners for like the full VR room scale experience with the Oculus as the price is today. What is that? How much is okay. that? Okay, that's that'll so... be four ninety nine, right? Well, you're you're three ninety nine for the headset and the touch controller. So you need to buy another uh, sensor, the touch, the third touch sensor. And I've read that you don't actually need it, but I went ahead and got it because I want I'm I'm used to the Vive and I want to have a similar experience in both. I don't want to be like, oh, Oculus sucks because I don't have the third sensor. And that's so, that is how you would be. Yeah, um, and that's from, that's from another sixty bucks. And then uh, my computer was built a long time ago, and I have the old USB 3.0, so I had to get a new USB 3.0 card. That was like 30 bucks. Yeah, and then is I that different the... from the Vive to the Oculus? Like, do you need a special uh, um, USB card for the Oculus versus the Vive? The Oculus well, just uses a, a shitload of ports. So yeah, you, uh, you and, need ports for all of those things, the, the yeah, cameras you need and stuff. Three USB ports, one for each of your cameras. And I actually read that the third camera can use a 2.0, but I want, again, I want to have the best experience. I don't want to limit. I, I don't want to go, ah, I'm going to just go use the Vive. So I'm, I'm excited to set it up. I, I had to buy some extra cable extensions and some wall mounts and some, uh, you know, I bought an extra HDMI and an extra USB so I could have my Oculus and my Vive set up and then i read online that the link box for the htc vive can plug into the oculus so huh. i didn't know that so i i spent a little bit of extra money i'm guessing if you wanted the full room scale setup and you had an, an old computer like me so you had to buy the usb card i have some usb 3.0 points that are are compatible but not all of them so i i bought the card for $30 instead of the $100 card that has more usb controllers uh you're probably looking at uh what 530 bucks maybe a little less if you can get a good That's deal amazing. on the cables and stuff which That's is a great absolutely price. amazing yep. right what and now keep in mind i bought my vive for about that price too now, did so, you go on? Yeah, but you got yours from like back right, of the I got, truck I got a, sale. Yeah, you got yours from right. a guy in a trench coat on the corner. <laughs> exactly. We've heard we heard that story. Um, the discount shop, the famous discount shop. Now you, uh, Brian, did, did you look on Reddit before you bought your USB card and make sure that you got the the, the good one for the for the Oculus? I I did. I went on their uh, the Oculus subreddit and they have a wiki there and and they had a room scale page that right. suggested like you know use one of these controllers. I bought the cheap one because uh, the more expensive one. There's one for a hundred dollars. If you have no USB 3.0, that's the one you have to buy because the cameras send so much data that the bandwidth will overload. They said you can use two cameras per. USB controller, and so the card I bought has one controller with five ports, which is fine for me because I have other 3.0 that will work. I have mixed 3.0. I have an Asus, so the Asus is uh, has a crap controller and an Intel controller built in. But anyways, um, <laughs> it, so so if if you have no USB 3.0, then you have to get one of the cards that costs like a hundred bucks because each one of those ports has its own controller for full bandwidth. Otherwise, you'll overload the system. Interesting. But yeah, I'm so looking when very I bought forward to using the touch, when I bought my Oculus initially, I um, it wouldn't work uh, at all because I I was using the onboard uh, 3.0 on my motherboard, and so I had to go out and buy a card. So I went to Fry's. I was going to be like the local consumer guy. I went to Fry's and bought one, and that card didn't work either. So I had to go to Reddit and find out what the dominant card was at the time and order it. I've still got that card in there, um, and it's working well. I, I haven't really had any problem, but I haven't added, uh, you know, I haven't overloaded it with cameras and all that sort of thing. So um, I guess that's the next step. 
Um, so yeah. I, I look forward to you uh, to you telling us what you think of it. There, there are a lot of podcasts that are kind of like turning from Vive fans into uh, into Oculus fans with the price drop. And I can see that, but for, for me, it's really only the price drop that's making it happen. Uh, and I think, you know, the price drop is a big deal, but it's still not the same experience. Um, and, yeah. and I'm going to be honest and say, I, the because I, I did say earlier that I would like to buy an Oculus, and you said, why? You've got the Vive. And, and so I'm excited to see the touch controller games that are made specifically for the touch controller. And that's really why I bought it. It's not that I don't like my vibe. I love my vibe. It's, it's awesome. I love my PSVR too. It's awesome. I just, you know, after playing a, a echo arena with my wands and kind of feeling like I'm a little gimped, I suck at the game anyway. So I really want all the advantage I can get. So I got the touch controllers to see how that works out. And I'm hoping that uh, if it doesn't work out, I have nothing to blame it on anymore. So that's going to be bad. So hopefully the uh, touch controllers step my game up a little bit. Well, I prefer the touch controllers to the wands on the on the Vive, honestly. Uh, but the wands the Vive, for the Vive are better for gun games, in my opinion. I mean, it, it feels yeah. a lot more like a gun. Um, yes, so there there are definitely times that I prefer prefer the Vive wands, but uh, the the joypad is so bad. The you know trackpad on the on the Vive wand. And they're, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's joypad's a misnomer, I have to say. Yeah, the hate, the hate pad. The, uh, exactly. Now, hopefully, the knuckles the, will take the care of The depression pad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's uh, let's let's jump into some games. I mean, I think uh, probably most of our listeners know that the the Rift has has undergone a price drop, so it's it's in line with now the PSVR, which is a much underpowered comparatively. Um, so that's a, that's a, that's a real big move. There are some people that, that, uh, are hesitant because they think, well, maybe this is Facebook saying we're, we're trying to dump this technology. And of course they would never come out and say that they would come out and say, oh, it's, you know, we're, you know, we, we love, we love Oculus. We want every home to have one, but in, you know, in the back room, they could be saying, holy crap, I can't believe, uh, I can't believe how poorly this thing is selling, which, you know, to this point, it hasn't, it hasn't sold very well. But um, at, at this price point, I'm sure it'll sell like, like, now, hot, like hot and, kicks. And even if someone was hesitant to say, hey, this Oculus, I'm going to buy it and it's going to be discontinued. Well, uh, the answer to that is it is still compatible with almost all the Steam VR games. Um, so it will, it, if, if you wanted VR, but you're like, I don't know, uh, I don't have enough money. So now is a good time to say, oh, well, but I don't know if I want to buy that because they might not support it. But you'll still be able to play Steam VR, which, uh, you know, so it, it, I think the value that is there, even if it's not going to offer as well of a tracking experience. Certainly, I, I definitely agree with that. And Vive needs to they need to cut their price so that uh, so that they stay competitive because it was competitive when they were both about the same price. But now sure. uh, it's twice the price. And that's not. And, and, and HTC has come out and said, we're not going to we're not going to lower our price. So I don't know what the what motivates that but well what they, i think with it what i've heard is they were satisfied with the, the sales so far but um I, i'm not sure that they have really put a stake in the ground around what the price is going to be uh, they're going to have to drop the price either that or they have to add you know if they added the uh, deluxe audio strap and the new knuckles, the knuckles. for the same price then it becomes right. a much harder decision right? right i can see that but i i 100 agree if you've got the computer that can run it 
then absolutely there's no better better um, bang for your buck than the oculus at this point if you don't have the computer then the psvr might make more sense if you're really price sensitive but um it's really hard to justify buying the Vive right now, and, it, and that's coming from a Vive evangelist. The, you know, honestly, the PSVR is is for people that are console gamers that they all they've yeah. got is a PlayStation, uh, and yeah. they and they want to play VR. And you know what? For those people, it's perfectly fine. It's not great, and you know, I played a lot of PSVR games this week, and I was reminded about the the lack of uh, visual clarity uh, compared to what you have on the Vive and stuff. Um, but still, it's a it's a good it's a good unit. It's not the best unit in the world, but it's a it's a pretty good unit, and you can get those for about three hundred now. Um, they've been having deals where they pack in games and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're on the fence about getting a PSVR and you're and you already have a, a PlayStation, you're not planning on getting a PC anytime soon, then you know I don't think that's I, I still don't think that's a bad purchase. The uh, it, the, the, the one thing that really blows my mind about the PlayStation uh, virtual reality system. I'll, I spend most of my time playing Vive games just because there's so many more games on it that, you know, we're, we're reviewing all these games and tons more come out on the PC. But whenever I put that, that PlayStation Virtual Reality headset on, I'm always blown away by the lack of SDE comparatively to the uh, to the Vive, which, you know, and, and I'm not a graphics guy. I'm, I'm cool with stylized graphics. I'm cool with... Uh, some of the games have cartoony graphics and they, right. they just work. But that, that always is like, wow, you know, I mean, like the resolution is, is not as crisp, but it almost, like, I don't even notice the, the screen door on the PlayStation screen anymore when I go from the effect. five. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's, it doesn't bother me in any of the systems, but it, it always, like, I always comment, like, I think to myself, like, how the freak did they do that? Well, they're uh, they're they're a pretty a pretty quality uh, hard, hardware company that's been around for a long time. That probably Gaussian blur, the... man. It's when Gaussian we get blur. when we get that uh, when, when we get the LG system, I hope that they use the same type of sub pixel layout where they are all the same size, so that you can't can't see the black lines as much in between. Well, let's... Do, do you notice it though? I mean, we're getting really deep in the tech. Let's just go uh, back to the games. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can we can talk about this all day for sure. Let's. Uh, Why don't we get into games? Yeah, let's let's get into games. And and I want to jump right into a, a PlayStation VR game that's out on all of the systems: uh, the Vive, the Rift, and uh, and the PlayStation VR. It's inexpensive. Uh, I played it. I think you also played it, Brian. And that is uh, Meerkat, Meerkat Gaming Special Delivery. It's a ten dollars game that's come out in the in the past month on all of those systems. And what did you what did you think about Special Delivery, Brian? Okay, let me. First thing that 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 I want to say is I read today that there was an update recently that allows you to use the AIM controllers to steer your bike. But um, I have not played the update. The uh, uh, PSVR so I... AIM or the Move. The aim. You can use the aim. Yeah, yeah. That's steer. that's what was supposed to be coming. I have not tried that yet. But uh, from from where I played it, it was a you lean your head to turn, and uh, the, <laughs> it, this goes back to the exercise stuff that Gwen was talking about. There is a bicycle that you can get to hook up to your uh, PlayStation and actually like spin and play games. Yeah, the VR, and I believe this... VR Zoom is what it's called. Yeah, and I believe this is one of the. Uh, this was made by the SDK or the uh, development kit that they put out for that. I think that is free for developers to use, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Nonetheless, the lean your head to turn thing 
a lot of people didn't like it. It took a while to get used to, and it got slammed when it first came out because it was a very, very slow turning speed, which they updated right away to make right. it a little quick. Yeah, it was um, it was borderline unplayable initially. I don't know how it got out the door that way. But you know, there it's you're using head to turn, but you're, they encourage you to sit in a chair in the middle of the play space and lean your body. So essentially, they're saying don't use your head, use your whole body, like you're actually riding a bike. Sure. Um, and, and I don't mind that. Um, the problem that I had with special delivery is that, uh, it just wasn't fun to me. And I, there, I've seen a lot of reviews online that are like, oh, it's just like playing Paperboy from the old days. Um, and you know, sure. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. I, I buy that that's the case, but I don't think Paperboy was that fun in the old days. And so, you, <laughs> Oh, I love Paperboy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you like, Oh, you, you gotta, you gotta throw a paper onto a, you know, onto a house. Okay. Okay. So you well, did it. Success. Fucking Super Mario Brothers. You gotta break blocks with your head. <laughs> I mean, let's not get too, too critical the of the premise. Though. You gotta jump on the mushroom. Look, man, jumping, jumping on a turtle. That's much more fun than, uh, than throwing a paper. Maybe it was because no, I was a, true. I was a paperboy as a child, but no, I I played ah, it. And I, I just I didn't see. feel it was that fun. I mean, it worked okay for me once I figured out how to how to ride. The tutorial is terrible. Um, the graphics are not great. I mean, it looks like it, it looks. It's they're like definitely Minecraft PS3. style graphics, but uh, I mean, they're, ugly. they're better than Minecraft, but it it definitely is an early PS3. Yeah style a game i feel like better than better than minecraft but uglier than minecraft in my opinion they, like it doesn't have a <laughs> lot of personality like the graphics don't have a lot of personality that's and true some of the situations do like uh they have a, a bunch of people standing along the side of the road people and things along the side of the road that you can hit with papers for for bonus yeah. points and there's some personality in those interactions like you throw and hit a cow it falls down you throw and hit a, a fat guy in his stomach or um, you know, like okay. So having never played the game, uh, just give me a little bit of a rundown. Like, what is the experience? Well, you're you're sitting in a chair. You you rotate your body left or right uh, using your head to to aim. You're riding the bike straight down the middle, so it's just like a first person perspective. And then you, if you're using the controller, if you're using the move controllers, you throw the papers with the move controllers. If you're using the the Dual Shock, then you use the the triggers. And you kind of look and throw. And yeah, the head, it's a head-aiming game. Yeah, it's a head-aiming game. So you look and throw, and you try to, like, based on how fast your bike is going. That's the other thing that I did. This, this is the one thing that would have made the game a lot more fun if there was a, a, a lot of difference in the amount or in how fast the bike could go. But there's not. It seems to be going very slowly. Um, and if I was, like, going at a breakneck speed and I had to hit these things then maybe it would have been more fun. And perhaps, like, just 28 rounds, I didn't get that far into the game, so maybe uh, may- maybe you have more downhill segments or something like that where it gets faster. Did you get to that point, Brian? I didn't, I didn't get to any downhill segments. I think I made it to, like, day eight. Well, the neighborhood opened up for me uh, a lot. Like, there was a second neighborhood. Instead of just going straight down the screen, like, you had to turn right or left or something, and there was a little bit more neighborhood. Right. But I didn't... I didn't really notice that. And I I was okay with the speed. My biggest complaint was that uh, you, you you would just die, and it's like, oh, there's a car right behind me, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because it, the only thing it, – it really is an unforgiving arcade game. And, and I get it. Those are old arcade games are like that. You, you had to memorize what enemy was going to come from where at what time. Otherwise, you were dead. So um, – you know that that was uh, 
<laughs> kind yeah, of frustrating that's, until that's you a learn. Nineteen eighty-five, like game Tactic, scheme. That's right. not. That's that shouldn't be incorporated in VR. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you, you guys are not selling me on this. It doesn't sound great for me. It's just it wasn't fun. It didn't look that great. It's inexpensive, so. Um, the Steam reviews are real good. A lot of people have, have played it and enjoyed it. So if you're a big fan of Paperboy, which apparently you are, Gwen, then you might enjoy playing it. Um, it's there yeah. It's there in my, in my PSVR library. You can check it out if you ever uh, get around to PSVR. Um, I'll tell you what I about Paperboy, to, to go back to the actual the original Paperboy. Is, it was one of the first games that had – it was like a um, – God, what's the word? It was a. It wasn't like you weren't going straight forward. You weren't going straight. It was a side. You were isometric. Like isometric. Yeah. yeah, isometric, right? Yeah. And so there was a bit more. It was just like one of the first games where you had a view of where you're trying to hit this this paper, and there was some you know collision damage and, and things you could do with that. Obviously, it was not very sophisticated, but it was like first in his class, and I got a lot yeah. of throwing lot of the papers through the windows. That was yeah. always fun, and and mm-hmm. that is all on the this game and. Both of us should probably at least uh, check it out when with we the uh, with with the new. Well, I used it with the aim, and I thought it was okay with the aim, but it's still kind of hard to hit your target. I, it's a little easier to shoot stuff. Like your aiming is is better with the aim. I, I thought you know head aiming when you have to lean to turn and you have to turn your head to head aim, and you you know when I turn my body, I kind of lean anyway. So. It makes it hard. So the aim made it a little easier to, to shoot stuff. But the aim, you get one shot. You don't, you can't shoot a bunch of papers at a time. You have to reload after every shot. Yeah, and you can pick up uh, as you're as you're riding along. You run out of papers. You can pick up a new stack of papers and and right. reload. You have a certain number of lives. Uh, I mean, it's it's just a pure arcade game. And for the price, it's not a bad offering. I just didn't find it fun. And, and, and for, when, well, when I play games, moves, I want to. I want to have fun. We should, maybe just play it with the moves and see what this update has done for it. Because I, I did see uh, some people giving it praise recently saying, Hey, this, this has gone from like my biggest mistake to buy to, you know, a fun game to show off. So, um, is it going to make it, the graphics from something out of like the two thousands? I, I don't think the graphics got an update, uh, but with the, with the turn your, Turn your uh, aim, turn your move controllers to t- steer the bike. It might make it a little better since you can throw the papers with the aim and turn with the aims. Uh, I'm sorry, with the moves. <laughs> turn with the moves, throw with the moves. So that might give you uh, the immersion that was kind of missing with the with the DS4. I have to be honest. Okay, if- pop question, pop question. This is a uh, start make me think about these things. Um, what game like? Pre nineteen ninety nineteen eighty nine, what kind of arcade game would you most like to see in uh, in VR? Um, well, they've done they've done I'll a tell lot you mine. of them. They've they've done I'll like uh, space invaders and asteroids. Galaga's great. Um, yeah, that's a or great maybe one. Joust. Joust is what I would like to see. Uh, Joust is my favorite wow. game from that from that era, and it still holds. That was up. a great game. Uh, it does absolutely in first person flying first on the back person. of the bird. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah, that just, would be cool. I introduced that to my uh, to my girlfriend the other day. We we went to an arcade and she played it for the first time ever, and uh, she was <laughs> she was all right. She didn't she didn't kill it, but she was all right. Um, and there, actually, we didn't talk in our in our news segment about the the uh, trailer for Ready Player One, which came out. Um, and re- of course, Joust Joust is one of the challenges in Ready Player yep. One. I don't know if you guys read yeah. that or not. Yeah, I read it. Um, yes. what, what did, did you guys see the trailer? What did you think? I haven't seen the trailer. 
it's it's interesting. It doesn't look like anything that I remember from the book, other than is it my, a VR trailer or is it just like a YouTube trailer? It's just a YouTube trailer, but I mean, uh, it's, I'll watch it right now. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's got some of the uh, uh, it's got like the stacks where he lived and that sort of thing, and and his uh, little trailer that he had to live in, and he, he has a VR set that he puts on. But uh, there's a lot of good pop culture stuff that happens in, in the trailer, but I don't recall a lot of this stuff in the trailer from the book. So perhaps I wasn't paying that attention, that much attention, or, or maybe Spielberg just was like, let's take this into a slightly different direction. Yeah, it was a pretty thin book. I did, I read the whole book. I read it very quickly. Uh, got a lot out of it. We can re- what? Let's turn this into a book review podcast. For <laughs> Actually, let's, so let's... I, I, I got a lot out of it, but... Um, I read this before I had a, a VR set. I think probably it came up before anybody had a VR set, but right. uh, uh, we were like the Oculus one. But um, it struck me as a little bit um, thin, I guess. The like the the references they all, they always had. It was like ugh, you can pick any reference you want, and it, nothing really made any difference in the story. That said, I'm watching the trailer and I'm really excited right now. <laughs> I hope there's a VR sort of um, component of this that you can like see some some of the action in VR. Well, I know I that I they heard. are they are um, yeah they're doing a they're Something combining with, with Vive, Vive. To, to do some project for Ready Player One, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I guess I could look. Um, oh, one other thing I didn't like about Special Delivery that I just noticed uh, there was a sign in the town that said Strip Club. And I was like, this is like a kid's game. Why is there a giant sign that says strip club? <laughs> that, that bugged me. I wasn't crazy about that. Okay, that just brings me back. How about Leisure Suit Larry and uh, VR? Oh, my God. Yeah, well, that's, uh, we'll save that for our VR porn uh, All right. episode. Hey, so we're going to give everybody a preview. We're going to have an NSFW, Not Safe for Work not uh, so, podcast. Yes, not, not Safe for Work. Uh, All VR. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, what, what else do we play this week? Brian, when, did you guys play something? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about the Onward update. Um, there's an Onward update that now incorporates a, a single-player mode. Um, it's essentially a, I guess I call it a horde or uh, like a, a wave. It's not a wave. It's more of a horde thing where you can uh, you can play Onward just like you do if you're playing multiplayer, but uh, you're single-player and you can select between, I think it's between four or maybe six enemies up to uh, 16 enemies, and you can adjust the uh, the, the hard, you know, from easy, medium, and hard mode of the AI. Um, I played a bit of it. It's actually great. It's great for people who are just starting. I would say it's great for people who are just starting learning the guns and, and want to go and play without getting their, their ass kicked every every you know second they, they spawn. Um, I actually, thinking I was a pro, I was like, all right, we'll go to hard mode and go to 16 uh, opponents or 16 AIs. And I got my ass kicked quite a bit. <laughs> and it's, um, I think it's only so far it's on Downfall 1, which is the biggest map that's in Onward. And you can choose to defend or to attack. And you're essentially going up against, in my case, 16 AI opponents. Uh, they are incredibly accurate with their aim. And they appear to be able to smell where you are. <laughs> right. Um, so it gets very challenging very quickly. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be playing this for more than a few hours, but it's certainly worth uh, trying out and, and playing to to fine tune your your aim and certainly test out different guns. And for anybody who is picking up the game for the first time, 
and doesn't feel like going and playing with like competitive players or players with hundreds of hours, uh, it's a great option. Um, uh, we'll see where it goes. I, I, I don't see any signs of like a campaign mode yet uh, for Onward. Uh, they've got a lot on their plate right now, just continuing to build out that game. But uh, it does show that they're still developing, and they're not developing just to improve like what exists today. Uh, they're, they're trying to develop to exactly expanding into new modes. Uh, and it does show signs of life. I think Onward has been really criticized recently for a lack of progress, uh, albeit it being one of the best games and the most, uh, most played games in, in VR. Um, it has been very slow to progress. There's been only a couple of new maps in the last year, and I think the biggest development has been going from four on a team to now five on a team. So. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give uh, the team credit. It's clear that they are still working on it, and, and the refinements and new modes are valuable, and I was happy to play them. Um, but yeah, so if you haven't loaded up Onward in the last couple of weeks, then uh, give it a shot. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I, I do know that my least favorite type of hard AI is the AI that just never misses and always knows where you're at. Um, hmm. I've played so many first-person shooters where it seems like uh, they're ignoring all of the other people that are on your team and just everyone knows where you are all the time. You, you turn a corner and they're right. shooting right at your face the second you turn the corner. Right. So I hope it's not like that, but, um, I, it's it a little like that. It wouldn't it's be a little like that. Playing, he was playing they miss a lot. difficulty turned up. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I, well, I played on hard and I played on medium. Uh, they definitely miss plenty. They yeah. miss plenty. So uh, I'd be exaggerating if I said they had a headshot every time, but they do appear to know exactly where you're spawning. Um, I guess the other critique I'd, I'd give for the it's called operations mode is 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 the mode that I'm talking about uh, the you know single player. You can actually play it with up to four players, so um, that was fun as well. Playing with four players trying to to beat off the the, the swarm or the horde, um, but they just it appears that they know where you are as soon as they start, which is very different from the multiplier uh, version where. Where you spawn is it's designed for for both well at least the attacking team to or sorry the defending team to not know exactly where the team is coming from they haven't really nailed that down yet but um, so far so good I, I think it's a really good um, progression for the for the game and uh, all I would say is keep it up but double time right on all right so onward onward with the uh, with the games uh, what else did you play this week Brian oh well I I, I got into some. Uh... PlayStation games this week, so I want to talk about the uh, the Infinite Mini Golf that just released. All right, now so Infinite the Infinite Mini Golf is yeah, it's available it's on... on all of the systems. Um, that's a, that's a PSVR, Vive, and Rift. It's a little cheaper on Vive and Rift. I think it's thirteen ninety nine, um, and I think it's seventeen ninety nine on on PSVR. Uh, but it is available on on all of those things. And it's a, a Zen Studios offering. So, what did you think of uh, Infinite Mini Golf? I liked it. Um, I have another mini golf game I just got for the Vive, and I like that too. But I like the Infinite Mini Golf stylized graphics. They're real cartoony. They look good on the PlayStation. Um, the one thing I kind of had a gripe with is I, I turned on my Move controller to see if I could use it to golf with thinking, you know, I can putt with this uh, move controller, motion controls. It did not register. I don't know. I looked in the options. I didn't see an option to change control methods. Um, so I don't know if I did something wrong or if I'm not sure. But I had to use the uh, the, the right analog stick to 
like do my backswing and it would just fill up the little arrow and when you let go it would hit the ball and there's there's three levels or three areas yeah for three this. main we areas had a, there's more we courses like a, than right there's a christmas theme and there's a halloween theme and then there's like a giant house theme where you're like in a kid's room and golfing on a cardboard <laughs> like a cardboard golf course and I, I like the fact that the that the halloween theme had uh their, their dominant character was called lord pumpkin and he was just a, a a copy of jack skellington that that was kind of hilarious to me yeah i really liked the uh the halloween theme i think was my favorite it the the you're, like the golf course are like purple bricks and it's like a haunted mansion in the background. I, I, I liked that one the best out of all of them. Um, and, and the Jack or the Jack Skellington guy, he's sometimes he'll help you out in the course. Like he, if you see his, like his feet, they have a mechanic where you can shoot his feet and there's a little sparkly and he'll hit the ball for you if you can hit it in there in between his shoes. Yeah. That's so. yeah. So will the guy in the, uh, in the, uh, Christmas, the Christmas uh, mode. He'll he'll do the same right. thing, and I actually got the reindeer thing, right? Yeah, uh, what's that? The reindeer thing? No, it's like a um, he, it's a yeti. I think it's a yeti. A yeti, it's kind of like a, a yeti that looks like Santa Claus a little bit. Um, I got three straight holes in one, and in two of them, I just hit him right into his his feet, and he acts scared, and then and then he knocks it in. Um, I didn't like the fact that whenever you hit it near those guys, it was like, I think it was the same animation every time. So I wasn't crazy about that. I, I, we should tell the listeners. So this infinite mini golf is a VR game, but it's not a first person VR game. So if you're thinking you would use the move controllers, um, as though you're, you know, holding the, the club in front of you and you could look down at it and that sort of thing. It's not like that. It's a, um, it's like a, from a sky like a like a like a drone view. It's like you're looking down from a drone on the mini golf course, and you can see your little third person uh, perspective dude down there, and uh, and he's the one that's golfing for you. Uh, I don't know if you can change up your character. I didn't see that. Did you see that? Okay. Um. I I looked at some of the customization options. It looks like you get like uh you just randomly get stuff. I'm not really sure what caused me to get stuff, but. You can spend like money in the little store. You earn money while you're playing. Yeah, there's uh, multiple currency types and, of currency. I saw that. Right. And uh, so then you can like update. You can get a different shirt or different shoes or whatever. And and so you can customize your character. But the main thing about this game that that people need to know is that this is kind of a Mario Maker for mini golf. So I I that's uh. Like, I played through the tournament in Halloween mode, and they have different levels of tournament, like casual, and I, I, I did the casual because everything else was locked, and um, then I went and started just doing the quick play, and it was loading levels for me that other people had made, and that's just really cool, That and the levels were put together well. I mean, sometimes you just got to straight hit it into the back of the hole, but, um, you know, some of the levels I played were really, really cool, and and it lets you vote on the level, so you can thumbs it up and stuff, just like Mario Maker, and and so there's going to be a ton of content, and and I'm not 100% sure, but I'm almost sure that uh, the content will go like cross-platform. Yeah, that, that's I'm not sure about that either, but that uh, there's no obvious reason why that shouldn't be the case. The editor is not complicated either; it's pretty easy to use, and it reminded me a lot of another game that we played this week that I think we're going to talk about next. Um, you know, the way you're laying, laying out the, the land and all that sort of thing. I, I, I like the editor. I, I, I like this game overall. I thought it was fun. Um, there's also like interesting arcadey elements to the, 
some of the some of the holes have uh, power ups like uh, uh, rockets and glue, and there's like a joystick power up that allows you to take control of the ball as it's like mid swing. You you hit the X button, and then it lets you use the power up. Uh, so th- that was that was pretty interesting. I I kind of like this game. I I really enjoyed playing it. I liked it a lot too. I I mean. It- I think I'll definitely play this one some more, uh, you know, bring the kids up. I, I actually have, a, I was just looking it up, Cloudlands Mini Golf. Yeah. And, and that one is like a real, you, you, it's motion controlled. I have it on the Vive. Right. And you can make levels for it too. And I, I haven't played any of them yet. But that that game is a little bit more of a, like a mini golf sim. And this is more like a mini golf arcade. And I think if I had to choose a golf game, I'd probably play this one just because it's a little more chill. You can sit down, you know, it's 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 controlled by the controller, the DS4, and and um, <clears throat> there's a lot of cool, interesting levels and interesting uh, like power ups for your golf ball. So yeah, I, I like this one. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. I I, I think I probably would recommend it for uh, most folks, especially if you got kids. Uh, it's it's a good kids game to play in VR. Although you know the question of whether you want them to play in VR or not. Although, uh, if you get this on either system, you do not have to play in VR. You can play it uh, standard without the headset. So if it's the kind of thing, you, you get it for your kid and, you're in, and the kid doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't do well in the headset or gives him a headache or something like that, you can just take it off and let him play it uh, standard. Yes, yes. And, and I don't know, it, it's, it's a chill game. Do you know how much it costs? Uh, yeah, it's like fourteen dollars on the Vive. I think it's eighteen on uh, on uh, PSVR, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, uh, I, I would say for twenty bucks, it's definitely uh, something that I would I would purchase it if I didn't have access to it already. So definitely, I would I would say it's a a really fun game. What about you, Gwen? Are you a mini golf fan? Um, I actually played golf for the first time at this wedding uh, in almost a decade. Uh, so I'm pretty much done with golf for the moment. But uh, <laughs> no, I haven't played the game. Um, I, I I can imagine mini golf being uh, a pretty fun sort of um, target for for VR. But no, I haven't played the game. Well, the the game that this uh, the editor reminded me of uh, was a game called Grav Lab, which is available on the Vive. Um, I think you played uh, you played Gra- Grav Lab as well too, didn't you, Brian? I loved Grav Lab. It's uh it's like a physics based kind of puzzle i I mean it's definitely a puzzle game i mean it's it it uh, is a puzzle game but the puzzle's more in like like i don't think there's ever going to be one that i cannot beat like it's it's not a puzzle as as far as like um you know where does this go you just you have to puzzle the puzzle is to build the course to get your um the the balls there's there's a machine that yeah, let's, drops. let's yeah, let's break it down. So this is like a, a portal style game where you have a bunch of test chambers, and in each of the test chambers, you've got balls that are dropping, and there's different kinds of balls, um, and they have to drop into different shoots, uh, or they have to go into uh, like a, a a collection chamber, collection shoot at the end of the at the end of the test chamber, um, and you have to figure out how to get them from point A to point B. And you're given a whole variety of different ways of doing that, whether it be um, little ramps that uh, that accelerate the ball's movement a little bit, or there's a uh, a shooter that they can drop into and it shoots across the room. And there's something that changes the gravity, uh, the amount of gravity. And there's other tools like that that you have at your disposal from the very start. So, uh, and 
a lot of the complications come in with the fact that you've got different types of balls that have to go into different types of holes, and you'll have larger rooms that have multiple types of balls and multiple type of holes. And once once you've laid out the way you want the, this chamber, uh, the, the test to be run, the simulation to be run, then you then you then you run it. And once you've run it, if you did it right, then the balls are going where they're supposed to go. And if you did it wrong, the balls are going all over the place. And uh, it felt a lot like Portal to me. There was even a little bit of the the sense of humor that Portal has, um, where it's kind of like sardonic, and it's you, know, you think they're rooting for you, but it kind of sounds like they're not really rooting for you. Um, <laughs> So I like I like that element of a, of it a lot. Um, I didn't like the fact that there was no music. Uh, so these levels could be really long and uh, you know really complicated to figure out. Maybe some some of them you figure out instantly, but others it takes you ten ten minutes or so to figure out what's going on. While you're sitting there in silence for ten minutes, I, I would rather have a little bit of like background music, at least something ambient. Right, yeah, there's there's sound Actually, effects, little poop. Poop, that pop. that um, reminds me of another news story um, that Spotify just came out with a, a, a VR. Actually, I don't know if Spotify made it themselves, but um, there's now a uh, an insert, or you call it an overlay, uh, for Spotify. So if you're using a Vive, I don't know if it's available for Oculus, you can now control um, Spotify from within uh, the Vive. So it's just a little uh, window on your screen. You can uh, change songs, search for songs, things like that. So... That would be a great uh, game to be using Spotify as well. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the trailer for for GravLab. It reminds me a lot of like Lemmings. Oh, it, you guys it ever is play that? A lot like Lemmings. It's Lemmings, but you can build your own level, and yeah. then you have different Lemmings that have to go into. That's a good analysis. It's, it's, it's funny you should analogy. say that because there's another game that I played this week that was basically a, le- a Lemmings clone. Um, and I, I hadn't thought of about this one being a Lemmings like, but I guess it kind of is. Um, I think the, the, with the test chambers and the sense of humor and stuff like that, I just was immediately thinking portal, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, but now, uh, Grab Lab is great. I really, I really enjoyed it. It's complicated at times. It's uh, it re- requires you to have intelligence. Um, but the moving around in it. One thing I didn't like about it, uh, the, the grips or how you move. So if you hold down the grip, um, and then you place the cursor, then you then you teleport. And so there were some times that it felt natural to grab a thing, um, like a like a platform or something like that, and I would instinctively grab it with the grip, and then I would just <laughs> end up teleporting someplace. And I felt that 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 was, I mean, obviously that's my my problem. But Accidental teleportation. Yeah, I would have liked for. No, the... that's not your problem. That's not your problem. That's that goes back to the, something I said a few uh, episodes ago. I, I think that eventually, and hopefully sooner than later. There's going to be conventions about how you move around, how do you uh, how do you manipulate things with these controllers? Because each game is they've had to uh, sort of build their own systems, right? Right. And um, I think over time they're going to figure out okay what makes the most sense, what's the most intuitive, and they'll all sort of gravitate towards the same thing. But well, if you if you're a programmer, if you're uh, developing for VR and you're using uh... Uh, say Unity, for instance, there there are just built-in like movement uh, options that people have constructed that are, that have become po- very popular downloads for Unity, and you can just download one of those and plop it right into your game. So no. I think I think that as people are are developing those things, when they come up with the, the dominant ones, if you're programming Unity or something like that, you can just dump it in there, and and there you go. You don't have to develop anything. Yep. yep. Don't start, don't reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's the kind of thing where. 
everybody knows the right click on your mouse does the alternative uh, action and eventually we'll get the same sort of um, conventions in VR hopefully soon so GravLab to me made physics fun I, I it was really fun I wasn't excited about playing it about playing it because I thought it was more um, I thought it was more simulation-y than what it is even though it is based all in simulations um, it's still a game for, first and foremost. So if you look at it and you think, Ugh, that looks a little too heady for me. And, you know, pulling up, uh, pulling up the bunch of different options that you have to, to uh, you know, the different, different tools that you have to work with, the first time was a little intimidating. I, I looked and I was like, oh, God, I don't, I don't want to have to figure all that shit out. Um, but it, it, it all felt like the, the ramp up was, uh, was slow enough that it was, it was like exactly perfectly timed. It wasn't too slow. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I really like that game. I, I would highly uh, recommend it. It's a, it's a $20 game developed by a guy named Mark Schramm and I, it's Vive. I can check and see if it's Oculus also. Let me do that real quick. Now, while he's checking, I just want to touch up. There's, uh, the, the levels, there's, there's a, like not a campaign cause there's really not a heavy storyline, but like, like, uh, Brent was saying the, if you play the structured level progression, you will get introduced to all the new tools in a, uh, gentle fashion so that you know what to do with these these new parts that you have and and um there's three difficulty levels for the levels so that's nice but the big deal is that it also has workshop support so people can make levels and you know there's not a lot to the level it's just a room and maybe some obstacles that you have to get the uh different balls around but uh you know that that's cool it gives you a lot of replayability and this this game's a game that I played for probably like three hours, right? And and just I really got lost in it. And then my son saw me play. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Check it out." So he played it for a while too, and he also liked it. Yeah, the the uh, if you look at the Steam reviews, and this is available for Rift and Vive, not for PSVR yet. Um, a lot of the reviews are saying the same thing. They're like, "This is a time sink." Uh, I I thought I was playing a physics game, not a time game, but I started playing at six o'clock, and at nine thirty, <laughs> I was still playing. Um, so yeah, I, I I think I would recommend uh, uh, Grav Lab very highly. I think it's very well made, and uh, um, and I may have to Spotify some music while I'm at it. But other than that, it's a, it's a, it's a really good game. So what else did you play this uh, this week, Brian? Well, uh, I I got a hold of a game called Blarp, and <laughs> Blarp is it's it's uh it's kind of it's not a complicated game it's it's you're in a box and you have like a you, you use your vive controller and you have like a blarp which is like a bar <laughs> and it's attached to your controller and you just want to it's a ball with like an elastic string attached to it pretty much it's it's almost like a, a paddle ball game or a ball cup game and and so you you can throw you you, you throw it and you try to hit the blarp against another blarp, and every level. So when you start with level one, you have one blarp, and you want to hit one blarp, and now you have two blarps attached to your your paddle, and you want to hit the two blarps on the uh, in the room. And so each time you complete that level, the the box gets a little bigger, and more blarps come in. And so the uh, and I'm looking for my notes. I'm pretty sure that there is a if if the blarps hit your paddle, then it's you got to start over. Yeah, that's that's roughly how it works. Oh. It's it's essentially 
Wait, am I on? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, you're here. You're here. Uh, yeah, the, the idea is you're trying to essentially string, you have these different balls, these orbs uh, that are attached to your, your wand, your hand or whatever, with like an elastic string type thing. And you're trying to avoid collisions, right? You're trying to avoid, um, as far as I remember, you're trying to avoid colliding with yourself or something like that. Yeah, you, you, yeah. And it's so. This is what this is a game that in the early days of Vive, so early days as in eight nine months ago, uh, it was one of the games that was getting like a lot of um, a lot of attention. And I played it, and I was like, this is a tech demo. The one thing that they did do well. Uh, is they catered towards uh, pot smokers. <laughs> it's super psychedelic. Like the colors are just all over the place, and there's no real recognizable um, themes or, or objects. It's just like, here's what it's like to live in like lawnmower, la- uh, lawnmower man land and have uh, a-, a pastime. That's what I, I always imagined. But I got so bored with it within, I don't know, less than five minutes. Now, I haven't played Blarp yet, but it, it's only a $3 title, so they're not uh, they're not marking it real real expensive here. They're just like, hey, here's a silly game that I made. Um, so $3, you know, I, I buy a cup of coffee for $3. So it might sure. be worth it, especially if I want to have that psychedelic trip. Um, it was an yeah. individual developer named Isaac Cohen. Uh, it's only available on the Vive. Uh, it doesn't look like there's a Rift version, although it may be playable on Rift. You'll have to uh, check your uh, check your reddits for that thing. Um, you know, there is a, definitely a market for these psychedelic uh, arcade games. And y'all remember we talked about Polybius, uh, I think, on the last episode or maybe the episode before last. Did you guys see what happened with Polybius since then? No. no. So um, Trent Reznor uh, of Nine Inch Nails released a new EP um, and started started pulling out the songs by surprise. Or just just out of the blue, and one of the songs that he that he brought out had a video, and the video is all plebeius, and well, the, the the video is completely plebeius, and people like reacting to what's happening on plebeius. And um, I read an article, an interview with uh, with Jeff Minter, uh, the the developer of uh, plebeius, the pro- programmer, um, and he uh, and he said that uh, Trent just called him out of the blue and was just like, hey, I like your I like your game. Do you want to do you want to do a thing with me? And so he had to come up with a uh, with a PC version of Plebius because at that point there was only PSVR because they wanted to sync sync up the moves from the game with the music, you know, with with the actual song itself. So I thought that was really interesting. That's and cool. uh, as a fan of both Nine Inch Nails and Jeff Mentor, I was I was really pleased to see that. <laughs> that is well, cool. Now the one the one thing I want to say about Blarp is. Uh, I, I like techno music, and it has an awesome soundtrack. It's a chill techno, and when the more blarps you get, the more layers they put into the uh, into the music. So that that was cool, and and it does save your high score. It's it's kind of a I would classify this as a party game where you don't want anybody to get sick, and it's quick. You know, you can play. Each person's gonna probably only get a, a few turns and ten minutes, and you can go for high score. So. Right. If it was twenty bucks, then you would be. We, I would not not recommend it. But at, at three dollars, if you like ball cup games or paddle ball type games, or you think uh, you would want something like that to show your friends, it's it's definitely a cool game to have in the library. 
I like how, how you think there's a, a large population out there who are, are really focused on ball cover games. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee there are. I guarantee there's a thousand people in America that have like, you know, 50 different ball cup uh, things that they've bought over, over time. So uh, there is a market there. Whether or not it's big enough is, is another question. No, I agree with that. It, it, it strikes me as one of those games. It's great to put somebody in who's never played Vive and never played VR in, uh, ever. Uh, it, they didn't actually. The, so I'll be honest. I haven't played this game in what three, four months, maybe longer. Uh, the last time I played, the techno music wasn't there, and the high score, the uh, scoring wasn't there. So it was literally like a tech demo. But you're right. Um, giving uh, the, the people the ability to have like a competition to like in in the in the room, like just having five people at at, at a place trying to like beat each other's score sounds great. And the techno music sounds great, but um, for three bucks, yeah, sure, worth it, absolutely. But um, just don't expect to, to have your mind blown, unless you're uh, really baked, and it will definitely blow your mind. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the next game. I, I played a game uh, that is a game that there's a ton of out there, and a lot of people have them in their in their library already. It was an escape room game, and it's called Space Panic VR Room Escape. It's a $7 title that's out for the HTC Vive only, and it's by Zephyr Games Incorporated. I think you played this as well, Brian, didn't you? I did, and I I like escape room games. Uh, after, you know, we, OK Bob was fun. Um, the Abode was fun. And so, you know, I'm, I'm interested in these games. Uh, my big complaint about Space Panic VR is I suck at slidey puzzles. Like, you know, the things you get in a Happy Meal where it's got, like, the tiles and you have to slide them around and make the puzzle line up. I'm not good at that. And Space Panic VR has one of those in yeah. it that you have to get right before you can advance. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, um, I, I was surprised to see that they had that be a puzzle that you were required to perform before you were able to do anything else in the game. Um, because if you don't know how to do those, uh, those like 15 tile puzzles, um, then you're just not going to be able to move on. And until you get that thing done and it's very, very frustrating, um, you're not going to be able to do the other puzzles. So I don't like any escape room game where it, it forces you to stack your puzzles in that way, because maybe your brain is working well in one particular way right now, but it's not working in that other particular way. So coming in and immediately right off the bat, having this, this 15 tile puzzle situation, uh, uh, it was, it was real challenging and, um, I was able to solve it, but honestly I went online and I was like, Hey, how do you solve these freaking things? And I'll just tell you listeners, if you're ever facing one of these, uh, one of these tile puzzles, the, uh, the trick is to do, uh, the first two, uh, like upper left and then the one to the right of it, and then just go from there. Uh, and then mm. just follow that. I was able to do one, two, and then four, three, and then slide them into one, two, three, four. And then the top layer was done. And then I did the same thing with the bo- with the second layer. And then I did the same thing with the bottom layer. It takes some patience. But um, once you get through that puzzle, then you're able to, to get a thing that allows you to solve other puzzles later. Um, actually, I, I wasn't entirely I wasn't entirely accurate the way I said that. Um, there's other things you can do if you look around and you... Uh, and you uh, search through other drawers and that, that sort of thing, you can find the stuff to unlock other puzzles as well. But there is a necessary 
item that you that you get at the end of this puzzle that allows you to move on in the game. Yeah. So since this puzzle is immediately accessible and obvious, um, I think most gamers will go in and be like, "Oh, well, I have to solve this puzzle to move on." Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to misstate that. Uh, one cool thing about about Space Panic VR Room Escape is that there is a panic mode which forces you to complete the whole thing in ten minutes, which is ridiculous if you ask me because i don't you know i completing that one puzzle in 10 minutes was a challenge um but uh there's a casual mode that that allows you to or a relaxed mode that allows you to to not do that and uh one of the other cool things that it did was um it has a lot of different graphical features so you can amp up the graphics to like really high end if you have the system to support it or you can go like faster and low end. Uh, I did notice, though, there were some frame rate issues, and that might have been why they included that functionality. Did you have frame rate issues at all, Brian? I didn't, but uh, like I, I just upgraded my graphics card along with the uh, the uh, Rift I bought. But I, I was on the 480, the RX 480 at the time, and so I play on low. I play low settings when I I haven't really got to use my new graphics card yet. But yeah, I, there there's some like like you said. There's other puzzles. There's a uh, there's a puzzle where there's rings and you pull the lever and like two rings will spin in opposite directions. Then you pull the next lever and like the ring in the middle will spin. And, you know, I, I was able to solve that one. And there are some things, it's things to find that, that you can use. I, I think that these escape room games, and, and I, I get that not everybody is like me and some people probably enjoy those tile puzzles, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I would rather do the abode thing where you find a piece and you have to kind of figure out what to do with it than the you have to solve this brain teaser puzzle before you can advance. Right. I did like the fact that it was hard, though. I mean, um, because some of these, like, okay, Bob, uh, you find the thing and it takes you mere seconds to figure out what to do with the thing. Uh, this was a little a little harder, well, a lot harder from the very start so um, it, it was definitely a little bit more of a challenge. And for, so there are people out there that have, that have come up playing like um, The Room. I don't know if you've played The Room on, uh, on uh, PC or on mobile devices, uh, but it's basically like 7th um, Guest or 11th Hour uh, type high-end puzzles that each one of those puzzles is more difficult uh, in and of itself than most of the Escape Room games are completely. Um, so if you're coming from that sort of background where you want a, like a real challenge, this a lot of these escape room games are not going to be for you. But this one, uh, it's a little more challenging, so you might enjoy it. I did like the fact that there there was a belt that you could you could place items on as you found them. Yes. Um, although they, there were, I did have some issues with dropping items and losing items and that sort of thing. So it's not definitely not perfect in that uh, in that way. Um, let's see, it uses a teleport system. Uh, and I don't recall whether there was music or not in the game. Do you recall if there was music? I don't think there was, but I, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I played it for a couple minutes. I did the slidey puzzle, and then I got off because I was like, I can't do it. I wish I wish it had a <laughs> so. little more personality to it. I, I don't quite know what I'm doing there, or or uh, it, it didn't feel like there was a story that went along with it, and that was kind of a bummer. Whereas in some of the other uh, some of the other games, you know, you get a sense that there is a deeper story happening. Uh, I didn't really get that sense here, but overall, you know, I, I applaud the uh, the effort, and I think some of it some of it came out came out well for seven bucks. That's a, that's a pretty inexpensive price to pay for something that you could probably play play for a couple of hours. Um, so 
I guess I'd recommend it. I don't know if I'd recommend it up against some of the other um, escape room games that are out there, but if you're sort of a completionist who has a bunch of them already, then uh, yeah, you might want to consider it. Brent, what's your favorite uh, escape room game? Uh, Abode. Abode, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's still still Abode. I haven't found that's a any... high watermark. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I haven't found anything else that that is more um, technolo- technologically interesting and uh, that the puzzles are interesting. Um, although I go to a lot of escape rooms in real life, and uh, so I'm looking for some to replicate the experiences that I'm having in those in those escape rooms. Agreed. Which are a lot more difficult, frankly. Agreed, agreed. So, I think uh, they, yeah, they could definitely do that. I, I think it's just a matter of time for sure. There's, there's yeah. one that I never reviewed yet on, on, the, on the podcast that I got a code for a couple of months ago. And the reason why is because it just was a little rough at that point in time, but I liked what they were doing. It's a multiplayer escape room game that uh, you could log in and, and get help from other from other people. I think it's a great idea, and I kind of wanted to see where they went with it before I came on and hammered it on the podcast and said it was like, <laughs> too hard and too uh, uh, and, and too ugly and all that sort of thing. Um, but um, I'll have to check back in with that one and see see where they're at. Maybe I can get Brian or, or, or you, Gwen, to, to jump in there with me. And, and, oh, I'd love to. And maybe we can actually solve played- it. Have you played um, Don't, I think it's called Don't Talk and Nobody Explodes? Keep Talking, uh, keep talking and Nobody Explodes. Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Have you guys Yeah, that's that? great. Yeah, we yeah, reviewed that. Cool. We reviewed that a while oh, ago. Oh, you did review it. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. It's yeah, an we... asymmetrical. It's not It's not an escape room, but it's like a, a, well, it's a puzzle game. You have to, you have to essentially diffuse a bomb and you need, um, I think it's basically one other player who's got an iPad or, or a computer that's reading the manual of, of, of the bomb well, you and VR are trying to cut the right wire and things like that. And I think that was really a great implementation of VR, asymmetrical uh, VR. VR. Yeah, one of Very the, fun game. One of the discussions we had about that was I had a VR party uh, some months ago. And uh, one of my friends was the guy that was using the, uh, that was in the bomb or you know, that was, that was doing the bomb. And he couldn't hear what people were, the rules he was, that people were telling him. And he's like, literally yelling, <laughs> like everybody shut up. Cause it was a party. <laughs> he's like, shut up. I can't. I mean, he was so stressed by the idea uh, of this. That's, fake when bomb that's when you post noise canceling headphones on your vibe. Uh, don't help. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, they, he needed to hear from us, uh, what you know what what wire to cut and all that sort of thing because it's all about communication it's all about you know what model of bomb you have and all that sort of thing there's an there's another game called bomb corp that's one of the uh uh, one of the jackbox games it's not vr but um if you if you're a jackbox games person uh that's a lot of fun it's a little goofy kind of uh 8-bit looking game that's got a really good sense of humor and it's a smartphone game so um, you, you run it on your PlayStation or your PC or whatever, and then everyone that's, that's at the party will load up their smartphones and log into it, and each person has different has, has one or two different rules for the bomb defusing, and so you have to work together. So, like, Gwen would have uh, rule number one on his phone, and he'd read it first, and then uh, Brian might have rule number two on his phone, and then I'd have rule number three. And we'd have to go through the list. Maybe my Maybe rule number three would say, you know, when it said green in rule number one, it really meant red. And then now we've got to do the mental gymnastics to figure out, uh, <laughs> you know, what we thought we were going to cut. Now we're not going to cut those wires. And uh, those those games are a lot of fun. I, re- I really enjoy the those bombs. Yeah, I'd like to call that like enforced cooperative uh, games, right? It's the same thing with um, Star Trek Bridge Crew. It's like uh, you can't be successful without everybody contributing exactly what they know and nobody else knows. Right, Exactly. 
Um, well, I think you, you have to he- you have to head out, don't you, Gwen? Yes, I do. All yep. right. So um, I guess we'll we'll call it for the evening. Uh, Brian, did you uh, did you have anything else you want to say before we go? No, I'm 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 going to get off and I'm going to go set up this rift this weekend and and play some play some touch games. See right how it, right. See how that's it goes. the last message I'll give anybody who's got 500 bucks in their pocket and a computer that can support like high high end games. Get the rift now. Yeah, go out there and get it. It's uh, it's definitely it's definitely worth it. Um, if you you know if you've got eight hundred dollars and the difference between five hundred and eight hundred dollars isn't that much to you, maybe you still want to consider consider the Vive. Uh, but the Rift is the Rift is killing it with their marketing right now, and uh, and they should be applauded for trying to appeal to a larger audience. Um, they yeah, made a lot of they made a lot of mistakes early on that we all hammered them for. So now we're going to give them their props for for coming out. Yeah, they're still to... assholes, but they have a great price for a pretty <laughs> good machine, and I have no qualms with people getting that. That said, uh, the Knuckles controllers are going to come out, so let's see what Vive does with that. If they start packaging that together with potentially their deluxe audio strap, which having used it now for uh, two months is definitely worth it. Hundred bucks. I know I sort of panned it in the beginning. Um, I would buy it again in a second now. But uh, let's see what they do with that. Uh, in the meantime, in the next few months or whatever, go out and get it, man. Do it. Right on. All right. Well, I guess we'll talk to you next time, guys. And uh, and I'll see what uh, Oculus games I can get for you in the meantime, Brian. Awesome. Thanks All for... right, everybody. Take, take care. Yeah, thanks right, for guys. listening. Talk to... <laughs> talk to you next time.